Hey, this is Pastor Madison. I am so excited that you're tuning in today to the Crosspoint Podcast. My prayer is that this word inspires you, uplifts you, and enlightens you. You can connect with Movement Youth on Instagram at movement underscore youth or the Point College Ministry at the Point College. Let's jump into the message. Okay, so last week, last week, listen up, last week, Pastor Madison began a new series called Survivor. She delivered a phenomenal message where she talks about um, the, the wide road and the narrow road. And I talked with some of you, and, uh, and some of you came to me, some of you came with tears in your eyes, and you, you were like, man, Pastor Levinsky, I thought I was walking in the, the narrow path. But now I'm realizing more and more that I am walking in the wide path. I, I'm realizing that I'm not exercising the fruit of the Spirit. I'm, I'm, I'm realizing that I need forgiveness from God and I need to realign my life. Well, I want to tell you that it's because the Holy Spirit has revealed to you the things that you need to work on. See, the enemy wants nothing more than for you to think that you are good. He wants nothing more than, than for you to think that you are on the right path. But the Holy Spirit comes with grace and with mercy. And he wants to show you the right way to live for God, the, the honoring way to be a righteous person for God. And sometimes it's not pretty, right? Sometimes it's not fun, right? It's not fun to be called out by the Holy Spirit or even by the Holy Spirit through a friend, when somebody says, hey, man, like, you're, you're not living right. It's not fun sometimes, right? Especially when you think that you are living the right way. When the Holy Spirit comes in, comes in and he convicts you and says, hey, you need to be better. Hey, you need to, you need to do better. You know, so John 15.2, uh, it says, every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit. So that way it will produce more fruit. And that's what the Holy Spirit's doing. The Holy Spirit is pruning you. Sometimes that's not pretty. Sometimes it hurts because you're out there, you're open. But it's a good thing. And so today I want to continue in this series of survival. And my hope is that after this message or even during this message that the Holy Spirit will begin to convict you that the Holy Spirit will begin to open your eyes to see how you can become better people for the Lord. And so I, this message is going to be really simple. I have one thought, one key thought, and one key message, uh, one key verse, all right? Is everybody good? Good? All right. So I want to start off with a story, all right? So I uh, was a freshman in high school. Where, where are all my freshmen at? Okay. All right, so I was, I was a freshman in high school, and I was determined to be friends with everyone. I was like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, yep, I need to know everyone, and everybody needs to know me. I was friends with everyone when I was in middle school. It was a little bit of a smaller school, but now I'm in high school, and I'm determined to do the exact same thing. I'm going to be friends with everyone. And then I step into the school, and I realize that's not possible. All right? I went to a school of the arts school and they, you know, they, they had many different tracks, film, acting, music, all of that stuff. And then I realized you got your film kids on one side, you've got your acting kids over there, you've got your music kids back there. And I'm just like, yeah, not going to happen. 
And then I realized, okay, well, maybe I can be friends with one person. And then one person showed up, and his name was Neji. We call him Ned for short. He was a senior. See, Ned was the cool kid. He was the popular kid. He had the nice shoes. He had the cool clothes. I mean, he even had the girls. Everybody knew Ned. But Ned wanted to hang out with me. And sometimes I would ask myself, like, wait, hold up. Why would a senior want to hang out with a freshman? You know, he would invite me over to these senior parties. He would invite me to these big bonfires at the beach where all the cool kids were hanging out. Uh, he would invite me to hang out with all of his friends. He was cool, and I was like, I'm all right with that. I wanted to hang out with Ned because he was the coolest kid in school. And then as time went on, Ned started to ask me some things that weren't so cool. He would, he would ask me to do some things like drink alcohol. And in my mind, I knew that that was wrong for several reasons. Number one, alcohol does stuff to you. Number two, I'm underage, so it's against the law. So I'm like, my mind wants to say no, but my mouth said yes. So I started drinking alcohol. Then he started asking me to do other things that were kind of dangerous, kind of out there. He started to ask me to hang out super late at night, even on school nights. And believe me, nothing good happens after those times. He started to ask me to do some things. And I just kept doing it. And then one day, I just got this new car. It's my first car. It was awesome. I'm like, like it's a Volkswagen Jetta. It's a stick shift. Not, not really now that I'm like looking back, it's really a piece of crap. I don't know. <laughs> but it was a cool car at the moment, right? It was awesome. It was my first car, and I'm a freshman. Not many freshmen have cars. And I got this text from Ned, and he said, Hey, bro, my car's in the shop. Can you give me a ride home? And I'm like, I got a car. I got you. I got you. I'm here for you, bro. So I gave him a ride. He gets in the car. We're in the parking lot, the school parking lot. And he's like, dude, nice whip. That's, that's a nice car. You got a stick shift there, man? Oh, dude, I got, dude, you need to burn you got to burn out, man. And I'm like, man, I don't know about this one. This, the, the parking lot's very small. Somebody could get hurt, you know? He's like, no, 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 you, you got to do it. He kept pushing, he kept pushing, he kept pushing. And I'm like, dude, I don't know, I don't know. He kept pushing until I said, fine, all right, I'll burn out. So I'm revving the engine, you know, I'm revving it really loud. And I let go of the clutch. And next thing you know, I'm like burning out. I put it in second gear, I'm driving, and it gets, it gets it into third gear, and I'm like, oh man, I'm going pretty fast now. I'm supposed to take a right turn, but now I can't. I'm out of control. So instead of going right to get out of the parking lot, I go straight and I hit a metal fence. Luckily, no one got hurt. I'm fine, he's fine. But it was in that moment that I realized 
maybe Ned, Ned's not a good friend. Maybe he doesn't have my best in, interest in mind. He kept asking me to do things that I knew were bad. Yeah, he's probably not a good friend. And then I realized, well, in fact, I remember him getting out of the car, not saying a word, and he just left. He just left. He didn't say a word. He just left. The cops showed up. I had to get a new bumper. I had to get new lights. It was really, really bad, really bad. And so as years went on, I started to notice something. I started to notice something super profound. When I would serve the Lord, when I would faithfully go to church, when I would pray to God, when I would read my Bible, those who I surrounded myself with were doing the exact same thing. But when I was getting into trouble, when I was acting the fool, when I was doing things that were not biblical, that were even dangerous, I found myself surrounding with the exact same people, the, the people who are doing the exact same things. And so that's really what I want to talk to you about is peer relationships. And so here's the key thought for the message today, and I want you to put it up the, on the screen. It is impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. It is impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. I want you guys to repeat it with me. It is impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. One more time, it is impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. Proverbs 12, 26, this is the, the key verse for this message. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. The righteous choose their friends carefully. See, it's intentional. It didn't happen by accident. They're intentional. The righteous people are choosing their friends carefully. Now, you know, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you're a follower of God, you may ask yourself, isn't there tension in that? Isn't there some tension in, in, in just that, you know, that like the, what the Bible says, right, as Believers of Christ with our friends, we need to be, uh, we can't, we need to know to not be unequally yoked with non-believers. So in other words, those who don't necessarily love Jesus or follow Jesus, we can't really be in relationship with them, right? But we need to be salt and light to the world. There's some tension in that. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good character. If you hang with the wrong people, it'll rub off on you. And yet Jesus was a friend of sinners. There's some tension in that. That's, that's, what's up with that? We're not to associate with people who are violent, yet we need to go to the ends of the earth to make disciples of all nations. There's some tension in that. And it raises some questions. It raises some questions. Should we reach out to people who don't know Jesus? Should we reach out to people who don't know Jesus and impact the world? Or should we protect ourselves from those 
who are the wrong types of relationships? Should we be loving and reaching out, or should we keep an arm's distance to those who are wrong influences? And the answer to this, these questions are yes to both. Yes to both. We are, we are to be a light. We are to be a light to the world, to the lost, to those who are hurting, to those who don't believe in Jesus Christ. But as righteous people, we need to choose our friends wisely. Let's think about Jesus for a second. Let's think about Jesus for a second. If you look at Jesus, you need to realize that Jesus loved everyone equally, but Jesus did not give equal time to everyone. Jesus loved everyone equally, but Jesus didn't give everyone equal access into his life. And so when you think about the disciples, this is not a trick question. How many disciples did Jesus choose to be with him? Twelve, right? Twelve. Out of the millions of people in the world, he chose twelve. But out of those twelve people, he chose three to be in his inner circle. He chose three of them to be in his inner circle. Jesus would befriend the prostitutes and the tax collectors, but he would keep the Pharisees at arm's length. And so I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to put a picture up. It's a circle. Yes. So all the, the, the outer circle here, this is everyone. It's everybody. Right? But in this inner circle, this is where we need, as righteous people, we need to choose our friends carefully. And what kind of friends are we talking about here? We're talking about friends that will push you to become more like Jesus Christ. We're talking about friends that will push you to go to church, to go to movement youth group, to pray for you, to do Bible studies with you. So then that way you can go on the version app and you guys can do studies together. These are the friends that I'm talking about. These are the friends that will help you in this race of life. This race of life. And so Jesus had an inner circle. He had his inner circle of people. But, you know, it is possible to have an inner circle friend that will push you to do some things that you don't want to do to push you to do some things that you don't nece you necessarily know that is not good for you. And Jesus had to do that too, right? Jesus had to do that. In the New Testament, Jesus said to the disciples, hey, one day I'm going to have to die. I'm going to have to die. And so one of his inner circle friends, Peter, what does he say? He says, no, 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 no. Jesus, you can never die. And you know what Jesus did? Jesus looked at him in the face and he said, get thee behind me, Satan. Now, I don't, I, I don't recommend you go to your friends who are pushing you to further away from Jesus and call them Satan. But Jesus literally had to tell Peter, listen, you don't have in mind, you don't have in mind the things of God but instead the things of man. That's right, Drake. You don't have in mind the things of God. And so even Jesus, 
with his inner circle friend, how to rebuke him. And so as you're choosing your friends, right, as you're looking at your inner circle of friends and you're like, man, do I have some people in my in my inner circle of friends that are not pushing me to be more like Jesus. You wake up one day and you realize, wow, this friend is, he's not right for me or she's not right for me. I would encourage you not to be rude. I would encourage you not to, to, to get all nasty with that person, but I would encourage you to start separating yourself from that person because the righteous choose their friends carefully. It is impossible to live right when you have the wrong friends. So, one person decides, hey, let's go out, let's go drink. He's in your inner circle. She's in your inner circle. Maybe it's time to start distancing yourself from that person. It's hard, I get it. It's not easy, I get it. But it's like a boyfriend and a girlfriend breaking off the relationship. Sometimes you just have to break it off. What does that look like? What does that look like? It looks like maybe even saying to that person, hey, if you keep pushing me to do things that is not honoring to God, maybe we're going to have to stop being friends. Maybe it looks like going on social media and unfollowing that person or unfriending that person because every time that person puts a picture up or puts a post up, it's not honoring to God and it's causing me to stumble. Maybe it's time to break off that relationship. It takes great courage, but in order to live right, we have to choose our friends wisely. And that's why I love this challenge that we just did. It's a cool challenge, it's awesome. And I saw some of you like looking at me like, oh man, I hit the cup, I gotta go back. You do it again, and next thing you know, hit the cup again. I got to go back. It's not easy. It's not an easy challenge. But I love this challenge because it really paints a picture. It It paints a picture of what I'm trying to talk about. And so number one, number one, this is what the challenge says to me. First of all, the blindfolds. Everybody has blind spots, right? I have blind spots. I'm not a perfect person. If you don't believe me, you can ask my wife. Not a perfect person. I screw up, I mess up, I've got blind spots. There are things that I can't see, right? But because I have friends who care for me, friends who love me, friends who want nothing but to see me succeed, they are willing to tell me, hey, what you're doing is not right. What you're doing is heading down the wrong path. I've got blinders on. I can't see. And so I need inner circle friends who are like-minded, who love Jesus, who knows that I need to be a better person and who are willing to have the guts to come to me and say, hey, something's got to change. Something's got to change. Number two, The cups. You can't touch the cups. What does the cup signify? Signifies sin. You've got your friends telling you, hey, 
Keep going forward. Keep going forward. All right, stop, 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 stop. Take a couple steps to the right. All right, you can keep going forward. Keep going forward. Do you have somebody in your life that's telling you, hey, stop? If you keep doing this, you are not headed down the right path. So I'm stepping. Trying not to hit the cups. Do you know that there's cups in your life around, around you that we don't even see? There's sins in our lives that's trying to tempt us to do things, to touch the cup that we don't even see, but our friend sees it. Good friends. And so you're walking this narrow path, just like what Pastor Madison talked about. There's a narrow path. We're trying to walk this path, but there's sins all around us, tempting us, telling us, if you can just touch the cup one time, God never intended us to sin. He never intended us to be unholy. He wants us to live righteously, whole lives. And so the cup signifies sin. And we're on this narrow path to survival, pun intended. We're on this path. Cups all around us. We've got blinders on. Number three, we have to have the right friends to help us on that right path. There's a lot of voices. When I saw you guys playing that game, there were a lot of voices. Everyone's talking, everyone's chattering, everyone's trying to help everybody. And there's a lot of people in the world right now social media, even at school, even people who you think are friends telling you to do all these different things, but they're not trying to help you. They're trying to hurt you. Can I just be real for a sec? They're trying to hurt you. And so it is imperative that we choose who goes in this circle. It is imperative that we choose who goes in this circle because it is impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. So I want, I want us to put that, that key thought again up on the screen, that key thought. And I want us to just say that again a couple times. It is impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. One more time. It is impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. We're meant to survive. We're meant to live. Jesus wants us to live. So number one, we got to keep him at the center. Number two, we got to choose our right friends. You guys there with me? Everybody good? So let's pray. God, we want to be righteous. 
God, we want to be holy. And so help us, Lord. Help us to have the courage to choose the right friends for our lives. We want to live right for you. We know that sin is only fun for the moment, but it's never glorifying you. And so help us to choose the right people to go into our inner circle. If there are friends that are in our inner circle right now, Lord, I pray that you would reveal those things to us, the friends that are being divisive, the friends that are going array, array, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to see those people that we need to just break off that relationship and choose some other people to be in our inner circle. God, we know that that, that path to survival, it's narrow. And there are people talking in our ears. There are things that are trying to pull us away from you, Lord. We just pray, God, that you would provide some friends who are like-minded, who love you, who trust you, who wants to be your followers. I pray that we would have friends like that in our inner circle. And I pray for each and every person here, Lord, that you, that you would show them that, that you would show them the way, that Holy Spirit would you would begin to reveal some things that they may have never seen before, God. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So just to kind of add to that before we go into worship, um, you know, the numbers don't always mean a good thing, right? Like having a, having a lot of friends doesn't always mean that they're good friends to you, okay? Having a lot of likes doesn't mean that you're liked. Having a lot of followers doesn't mean that you're leading people right. And I, I even see this like on Instagram when, you know, there's these people that have thousands and thousands and thousands of followers and they have these businesses and they have these, you know, things they're striving for. And even though they have all these people that follow them, that like their things, they're making no money. And then you have somebody with barely any, any followers at all, but they're, there's a community there and there's fruit there. And, you know, he talked about how Jesus had 12 disciples, but he also had an inner circle of three that he held really close. And I understand that in this time, in this season of your life, your friends are changing all the time, right? <laughs> like last year you were close to somebody and she or he, you know, rubbed you the wrong way. They gossiped about you. They hurt you. And now you're not friends with them. And so it's going to change a lot. But one thing that Kaylee Polk said last year, uh, maybe even two years ago at this point, she said this message, she came up here and she preached and she said, everything in this world is inconsistent. Everything is, has inconsistency in it that is of this world. But God is the one thing in your life that is constant, that is consistent. And so your worldly earthly friendships are going to fail you. They're not always going to be the best for you, but your relationship with God is not going to fail you. And so tonight, 
If you want to make that decision to say, I am done living for the inconsistent things of this world. I am done putting my worth and my value and my identity and what others think of me and what others say about me. And I want my eyes to go from all those around me, all the opinions, all the thoughts, all the arguments flying around, all the things going on at home. And I just want to look up to God and I want to put him first in my life. And I want to choose him as my personal Lord and Savior. If that is you tonight, I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes, everybody. I'm going to ask that if that is you tonight and you are making that decision to say, God, I choose you. You're number one in my life. And this is the first time, this is the first night in your entire life that you're saying, God, you are my number one. I wanna commit my life to you. Or you're saying, I have fallen away. I've gotten in the wrong friend group. The world has led me astray, but I am ready to come back home. It's time for things to change. It's time for me to change the things going on around me so that I can focus on God working within me. If that's you tonight and you wanna make that decision to commit your life to Jesus for the first time or you wanna come back home to, I'm gonna ask that you raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. If that's you tonight, raise your hand. Thank you, you can put those hands down. There's hands everywhere tonight. So I'm just gonna ask, as our eyes are closed and as our heads are bowed, it's not a formality, it's not something we do every single week. This is an honest moment with you and God for you to reach out and cry out to him and say, I choose you, I love you, I want you, I don't want the world or what it has to offer. I know my friends are gonna fail me. I know this world is gonna fail me, but I choose you. I'm gonna ask that you repeat this prayer after me, everybody in this room. Say, dear God, Thank you for sending your son to die for me. I love you. I choose you. You're my savior. And I want to live for you. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. Amen. If you enjoyed today's message, I would encourage you to like it or share it on social media. Movement Youth for 6th through 12th graders meets on Wednesday nights, and the Point College Ministry meets on Sunday nights. We would love to have you join us. Thanks for tuning in.